Hello and welcome to the ORX News Podcast, a podcast from ORX where we cover the top five largest losses of the month, as well as key current operational risk topics from across the globe. In this episode, we'll cover January's top five, as well as the perennial issue of third-party risk, including the cost of keeping and moving on from a flawed IT system, supplier shortcomings and digital supply chain risk. We'll cover those themes by talking about the Post Office and Horizon scandal and the Move It hack. The links to the content used in this episode will be added to the show notes. I'm Fernanda Hussumano Ashcraft, News Assistant Manager for Editorial, and today I'm joined by senior news researchers Izzy Selwen and Stanka Oproyu. Over to you, Stanka, for January's top five. Thanks, Fern. In fifth place is City National Bank. In January, the OCC fined City National $65 million for systemic failures of its operational risk management and internal controls, as well as its compliance with AML, international sanctions, and fair lending regulations. In fourth is HSBC. The UK PRA announced it had fined HSBC £57.4 million for process failures related to the identification of customer deposits eligible for the Financial Services Compensation Scheme. In third is Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo agreed to a class action settlement totaling $81.7 million over its failure to comply with regulations on post-repossession disclosure notices to its vehicle loan customers. In second is Caixa Bank. It was reported that Caixa's customers in Spain had been defrauded of 110 million euros after being targeted by a malware phishing campaign by a criminal group in Brazil. January's largest loss went to Morgan Stanley. The SEC and the DOJ announced that Morgan Stanley would pay $249.4 million to settle parallel actions regarding two employees who leaked confidential information on block trades to manipulate relevant equity prices. Thanks, Stanka. The Post Office and Horizon scandal is being reported as one of the greatest miscarriages of justice in modern British legal history. So, for the benefit of our listeners outside of the UK, I'll briefly touch on the background of this extraordinary case. The UK Post Office is a state-owned business and the UK government is its sole shareholder. The government has a non-executive seat on the board, but the Post Office Board is ultimately responsible for the day-to-day running of the firm. This unusual governance structure enabled the Post Office to simultaneously wear many hats in this case and act as a victim, investigator and prosecutor. The Post Office has a contract with individuals who run Post Office branches on its behalf. Those individuals are called sub-postmasters. However, the sub-postmasters are self-employed and not post office employees. So, to the background. This story began in 1996, when Fujitsu won the contract to install computers with the accounting system Horizon in over 17,000 post office branches across the UK. At the time, the Japanese group called this project the biggest non-military IT project in Europe. In 1999, the Horizon system was brought in to replace paper-based tills, and this replacement was, in theory, supposed to improve the working lives of the sub-postmasters. 
they were led to believe that all transactions and account management would be simplified to the extent that Horizon could put together all monthly transactions and calculate how much money was expected to go to the post office. But this was a theory. In practice, Horizon was plagued by severe issues from the start. In fact, a recent inquiry into the case revealed that the post office and Fujitsu knew about the issues with Horizon from at least November 1999. It's worth noting that while Horizon was implemented, the contract between the post office and the sub-postmasters remained the same. It stated that any accounting shortfalls were the responsibility of the sub-postmaster unless they could prove otherwise. But without the previous chain of evidence created by paper-based accounting methods, proving that those losses were not their fault was nearly impossible for many. But this didn't stop the post office prosecuting innocent people. In fact, despite of overwhelming evidence that Horizon was the actual cause of the accounting errors, the post office prosecuted 700 sub-postmasters for theft, fraud and false accounting. Another 283 cases were brought to court by other prosecuting bodies. In total, over 900 sub-postmasters were prosecuted for stealing money. Many of those individuals prosecuted were wrongly convicted and ended up in prison for false accounting and theft. Most were financially ruined and some paid the ultimate price by taking their own lives. With this in mind, I'll go back to the software issues with Horizon later in the episode. So now to the Move It data breach, which exemplifies a different kind of third-party risk than Horizon. In May 2023, an alarming revelation unfolded, dubbed as a global privacy disaster. It was revealed that threat actors had capitalized on zero-day vulnerabilities within MoveIt, a managed file transfer software. This led to the unauthorized extraction of the sensitive data of at least 94.4 million individuals from more than 2,700 firms as of 19th of February 2024. Recent analysis found that nearly half of firms identified to use MoveIt were highly or critically vulnerable to ransomware attacks. However, a firm's resilience is also tied to that of its third parties, and materialized third-party risk is a key consideration for this event. It epitomized how interdependent organizations are on one another's digital defenses. Many firms were impacted via complex third-party relationships. For example, some used a vendor, which used a contractor, which used a subcontractor, which used MoveIt transfer software. Some institutions had their data breached from multiple third or fourth parties. Vendors, suppliers and partners can and often do directly impact on an organization's security, and events such as these have a ripple effect in a third-party risk landscape. If a vendor has access to an institution's sensitive data, any weaknesses in its security systems, policies or procedures could lead to the institution's data being compromised. Third-party risk is a key concern being reported across ORX member and subscribing firms. The top risk review in June 2023 saw third-party risk ranked by members as the second highest operational risk concern for the third year in a row. 
There are clear challenges being experienced by firms in understanding the control environment, as well as the data inventory being shared with third and nth parties. Complex third-party networks of vendors and suppliers also sparks discussion on how concentration risk played into this event. Our research shows that two out of three financial institutions were breached via just one of two companies. So, back to the software issues with Horizon. A developer who worked on Horizon said in one of the inquiries that his team had found hundreds of bugs with the system as early as 2001. A definitive list of all the bugs has never been produced, but some details of those bugs have emerged over the years. For example, one bug caused the screen to freeze as the postmaster attempted to confirm the receipt of cash. Every time the user pressed enter on the frozen screen, the system would silently update the record. In one case, the bug which created the silent updates led to a £24,000 shortfall that the post office tried to blame the sub-postmaster for. In another example, a system error caused a bug to create duplicate transactions. Despite those transactions being clear duplicates, the post office once again blamed the user for them. It's hard to believe that 28 years later, Horizon is still in use. And to make matters worse, Horizon is still causing accounting inaccuracies and replacing it is proving to be extremely difficult and costly. Early in 2022, the post office announced plans to move Horizon from two Fujitsu data centers to the cloud. But in November the same year, the plans were abandoned because of the complexity of the project. A post office spokesperson said at the time, and I quote, the age of Horizon and complexity involved meant that this particular program proved too technically challenging and costly. A decision was taken in November 2022 to discontinue this particular program, and it resulted in a need to extend support services for our current data centers. Extending support to data centers meant several contract extensions with Fujitsu, and those have contributed to the escalating costs of replacing Horizon. For example, in 2021, the post office paid Fujitsu £42.5 million for a contract extension. Another extension was announced in April last year. This time, the post office paid Fujitsu £16 million. Then, a few months later, another £36 million was given to Fujitsu for yet again another contract extension. This time, the justification was that Horizon was a highly complex platform written in legacy versions of software languages, which incorporated five different systems in one, such as financial services, banking, government services, postal services, and retail. It's worth highlighting that since Horizon was first implemented in 1999, the post office has spent over £2.9 billion on the system. The contract extensions alone have cost the firm £95.5 million since 2021. There was also serious governance, conduct and culture issues in this case. For example, successive boards failed to challenge or question the narrative on Horizon 
despite glaring evidence of serious flaws with the accounting system. For instance, Computer Weekly first broke the story in 2009, highlighting the serious issues of Horizon and the impact on the postmasters. Yet, the post office continued the cover-up by instructing call center staff to tell postmasters that they were the only ones experiencing problems with the system. It was reported that EY consultants sent a report to the post office executives as early as 2011, warning that Fujitsu had unrestricted access to sub-postmasters' accounts, and this may lead to processing of unauthorized or flawed transactions. But despite those damning accusations, the post office reportedly said that there was no evidence pointing to any fault in the technology. The misplaced trust in Horizon was such that almost a decade after the EY report, Paula Venels, who was the post office CEO at the time, said that Fujitsu's CEO had reassured her that Horizon was as secure as Fort Knox. She took his word for it, despite evidence pointing in a completely different direction. Finally, it's worth pointing out that in this episode, we only covered a couple of aspects of this complex and long-running story. New subscribers can access our special edition of InFocus, where we also cover other operational risk aspects of this case, including internal fraud, governance, culture and conduct issues, accusations of tax evasion, the impact on the people affected, as well as reputational damage and remedial measures. This is an ongoing case, and the news team will continue to monitor it and update our content accordingly. Let's circle back to MoveIt. As highlighted by the UK government in June 2022, financial institutions rely more and more on third parties for useful software and code as part of the digital supply chain for their own services or operations. However, this reliance heightens both the complexity and risks of breach data or compromised networks of an institution's digital supply chain. The UK's National Cybersecurity Centre, or NCSC, pointed out that the MoveIt attacks typified the increasingly common occurrence of cyber attacks on the supply chain instead of targeting the organisation itself. The SolarWinds attack in December 2020 was a high-profile example of this, and experts at the time described the event as a watershed moment, an impetus for financial firms to face their biggest challenge and focus on securing their digital supply chains. Most recently, in October 2023, the US Securities and Exchange Commission, or SEC, brought further claims against SolarWinds and its chief information security officer. The regulator said that SolarWinds had willfully misled investors about its cybersecurity practices when it knew of critical deficiencies in its cyber control environment that led to the attack. This was the first ever time in a cybersecurity disclosure case that the SEC had brought civil claims against an executive and said that a firm intentionally deceived investors. ORX News has previously covered the SolarWinds event in another deep dive. Despite this, the financial services industry has continued to be caught out by critical breaches of third-party vendors in the supply chain. The Excellian hacks in January 2021, the Go Anywhere data breaches in early 2023, and now the MoveIt hacks. Strengthening third-party risk management is vital in securing a firm's network against supply chain attacks and maintaining a robust cybersecurity strategy. A firm can mitigate or lessen the impact from events like MoveIt by identifying vulnerabilities in third-party systems and strategically protecting itself from the associated risks. 
It's been recommended that institutions increase governance of third parties that contribute code or applications to business functioning. This could look like greater due diligence over open source projects or requiring vendors to comply with established cybersecurity frameworks. It could also mean that before a third party is allowed access to an institution's network environment, it must present evidence of at least an annual penetration test. While the MOVID event still unfolds, some impacted firms detailed remedial activities they had taken to recover from the event. For example, Genworth Financial implemented technical, physical and process safeguards to preserve customer data confidentiality. It also required the same of its third parties that received or stored customer information. Genworth also worked to increase its oversight of the remedial actions at its third-party vendors, especially regarding their data security practices. A class-action lawsuit filed in June 2023 reveals that major US pension fund CalPERS had also ended its relationship with the vendor PBI after it was breached many times over in the Mufid attacks. Again, in this episode, we covered just one aspect of this major operational risk event. In the deep dive, you can find a detailed explanation of the event, including the attack method, internal and external risk factors, including analysis of the zero-day vulnerabilities, remedial measures taken in response to the event, and the financial and non-financial impacts. Thanks, Zizi, and thanks to Helen Labate for her contribution to the research of the post office story. For further details about ORX, go to orx.org. New subscribers can access the InFocus special edition about the post office on the news website. Deep dives are usually only available to ORX new subscribers, but you can download the Move It Deep Dive for free. Go to orx.org for details. The links to the relevant sources used in this podcast will be added to the show notes. You can find this free podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Simply search for the ORX Operational Risk Podcast to find us. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And thank you for listening. I hope you can join us next time. Goodbye for now.